Welcome to the Monday Metrospective, where we look back on the weekend of harness racing on SEN Track. Welcome to the Monday Metrospective Review Show. Toby McKinnon is my name. I am in the host chair. Steve Cleave joins me in the co-host chair, but he's some distance away, of course. Steve, how are you, mate? And exactly where are you? I am, Toby. Not sure what was happening there, mate. I just had uh, a bit of blank air happening. Oh, that's okay. I, I was just bagging you out for the first few minutes. Oh, it's not bad. Uh, it's, <laughs> might as well do it on air if we're going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't. I was just saying on the little black book on Thursday, I think I pushed you to throw Perfidious Sue in, but couldn't get you there. And then you had a scratching and I thought, oh, geez, if uh, if you could throw Perfidious Sue in now, maybe that would work. And uh, after all that, of course, Murphy Murphy's Law said that she would win the race. Well, the good thing is, Toby, I did get hold of Toc before he put it up on all socials and the website, and I did throw Perfidious in with a simple $50 Ah, win bet. So I thought you'd be very happy with that. Once I saw Serge Blanco come out, we did throw it in and uh, probably cost myself uh, going hard with a Quinella in the three-year-old event. I was extremely keen on Sergeant Lou, but uh, early odds, it was just way too short to be backing at $1.70. I thought, wow, I just can't take that. That's why I looked for value. It ended up paying $3, so uh, certainly cost myself there. But we still got the winner. We, we actually got a few winners on the night, including one at massive odds. Who, which? Oh, Sanday, of course. Sanday, $37.20 and $6.10. Yeah, out of the little black book. So that's a pretty good result if uh, anyone at back Sanday. Yeah, and Jillaby Willow paid $4.80 the place. Sergeant Lou, $3 the win. Perfidious Sue, $3.10. So if uh, if you're following the black book and, and not always the uh, the game plan, um, look, there's plenty of value to be had. You know, as I said, even, even when they are big odds, they're worth following because they're in the black book for a reason. Yeah, we did the Friday form panel show, Dan Malecki and myself. Not sure if you caught it, but it wasn't our worst Friday form panel, let me tell you, Steve. Had a bit of value, did you? Oh no, we didn't. I didn't have too bad a go at it, and uh, I don't. I, I, I don't. I don't love to do this. I really love to do it. Uh, a little bit of uh, self promotion can go a long way in life, can't it? So Absolutely. As the producer, I thought I'd better do myself justice and uh, give myself a bit of a promo. So just sit back, Steve, and just okay. enjoy the glory of the next four minutes, like I'm gonna, and then we'll get to an ad break. We'll come back and we'll get into things a bit more seriously. Sounds good. Dangerous is going to be a 120 raider and running Grand Circuit level type races. That's the level I hold him yeah. at. He, and I think he's ready for this. And Dangerous cruises in first up, one at three metres. Keying Chucky is the safest bet in the race. Back Chinese whisper to win and lay at the place. But Keyang Chucky won it. Much better run from Elder Baron Dino. It was charging home. In the photo with Kai Valley Hotspur for second and then hot to trot Chinese whisper. Then it's let's rock, let's roll. It comes over the top. That's the way I saw the race. Let's roll over the top as well. It's Delvey Robin. Let's rock, let's roll. Is cutting it down. Let's rock, let's roll. We'll win it. Uh, look. He was just stunning last week, just believe. I think he went probably better than we all expected him to. He was first up off a hard into Dominion campaign, and he's just too good. He bounces back here. Queen Elida was really good last week. I thought her times were excellent then. Mufasa Metro, I reckon it was a great drive by John Justice. He tried to win the race with Mufasa Metro, and it didn't work. That's okay. 
and Oavici is probably the new one in the mix. Believe in front though, just believe it's the king from the queen. Just believe is a million dollar man. Just believe beat Queen Elida. Third Mufasa Metro, fourth Oavici. It's a better eclipse and if he wins, he goes past the million dollars as well and uh, he's been a terrific horse in the top 20 earners the last two years shows his consistency and I've got him on top. I think don't stop dreaming into second and triple eight in for third. And I'd be happy if I was playing this race. I'd nearly play a straight trifecta, one, eight, and nine. Pretty confident there. Better Eclipse and don't stop dreaming. It's Better Eclipse in front. He chases the million dollars and he got it. Better Eclipse won it. Better Eclipse and those to don't stop dreaming and third home triple eight. Cypher wins. I think Rikiro Rebel second. I actually threw Jillaby Willow in. My top four, Dan, I thought she was terrific last week off working hard off the gate, and then she finished off pretty well at the end of the race. And she's going to end up following through those top two at the start of the race, so she might be pretty close, Jewelby Willow. So I thought, well, she opened 41 on this provider. She's in the 26. I'm not the only one that thought that, but I think she's more the place chance at 340. Hero Rebel in Cypher getting close. Jellyby Willow flying at them. In Cypher hit the front. In Cypher. In Cypher's just wanted in a great three-way go. In Cypher first from either Jellyby Willow or Akira Rebel. Here the one Sergeant Lou I think is a really good thing. I'm just concerned he ran out a bit at Shepparton down the home straight. And if he does that at the top of the straight, D-Ray's going to get a really good look at him. I think it's between the one and the eight here. I'm, I'd be putting them in an exacta or a Quinella, one and eight. The leader, Sergeant Lou, got away on uniquely ideal. Coming through was D-Row. Then came the answer. It's Sergeant Lou in front from D-Row. See, Sergeant Lou's giving plenty, holding D-Row. And Sergeant Lou goes all the way. Sergeant Lou, a terrific all-the-way winner, beats uh, second home D-Row and third the answer. Do you remember a, a good little horse that uh, Glenn and Ken Tippett trained in the early 90s called Dano? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, he hasn't raced since 1996, and I've put him on top in this race, don't know, because this race. Then so what, late Sanday in front. So what, Springfield Affair. Sanday will win it. Sanday has won it from Springfield Affair, and so what. I've got Perfidious Sue on top. I think Perfidious Sue might be a really, really nice horse. Uh, sat for the fence in the Breeders' Crown four-year-old final and ran away from Elder Baron Demi, I expect. David Murphy to balance up, work to the top in this race or to the chair and control it. Elder Baron Demi, definitely the uh, main danger. Uh, it'll be pretty close. It'll be, what, three back the outside, four back the outside. Such a consistent commodity, Elder Baron Demi. Kaivali Honey Bunny won a couple in November. Uh, a lot weaker than this has been really consistent since. Had it in for third. And oh, no. It's Perfidious Sue clear. She's done all the work. What a brilliant performance. And Perfidious Sue is coming away. A soft win. Perfidious Sue defeats Kaivali Honey Bunny and Elder Baron Demi third. Then Jazz back was united. Highway to Heaven, three wide with cover but dangerous edges away now he's starting to open up the favorite third quarter 28 one and dangerous he takes off into the straight eight meters in front of Cosimo who sticks on highway to heaven makes ground then Melanion and United but dangerous is cruising away he's got some uh, some things to learn but he's very good and dangerous cruises in first up one at three meters 
Dangerous winning the tab download the app pace and his ownership group were probably pretty dangerous with a race horse in race eight as well for a long night ahead of them a great bunch of people and uh, there was a bit go on before the race uh, with him galloping in a score up and causing a false start or he couldn't get back into his position so uh, he was lucky favorite punters were lucky uh, Cosimo continues his great form without much luck but this time with a bit forcing his own luck running a really good second Millennium in for third Highway to Heaven was my value play in this race and it ran fourth. And a little tick for Naomi Kerr with United running fifth. Uh, she had the two in the race. Uh, Jackson Beach did a little bit of work, but uh, United had that beautiful run on the leaders back and finished off in fifth spot. Steve, uh, he was pretty good, dangerous, but he's still got a little bit to learn. Yeah, he certainly does. It sort of throws you back to memories of Catch a Wave in his early days he when did he didn't bit, want to yeah. score up yeah, and things yeah. like that. It's something to do with horses with a bit of ability. I think they get on top of themselves and uh, just get a little bit uh, worked up. But uh, amazingly, once he got going around on the back of the mobile, when they did a lap, he, he just seemed to settle and was happy with his head up on the gate. And as soon as the race uh, started, he was just in professional mode then. There was no signs of him playing up or doing anything silly. It was just that circling up and uh, walking up to the mobile where he just wanted to play around a bit. And, yeah, if they can sort that out, he's uh, he's a very, very nice horse. And he just had that race pretty much covered from uh, the moment the green light went on. Just rolled to the front, 31 first quarter, 31.5 second quarter. Couldn't ask for an easier run out in front, 28-2, home in 27-1, and, and just made it too hard for anything to get near him. As you said, Cosimo, he went really good. He, he, he runs a lot of places, this horse. He, he just doesn't seem to want to win many, but he, he always looks good running mm. places. Melanian uh, was a nice run in the third, and as you mentioned, highway to heaven as well, only beaten 10.4 metres. Um, sort of not much to come out of the race other than dangerous showing how much class he's got and he will certainly improve off that run so Ryan Sanderson rated him perfect out out in front for his first up effort. Where does he go to? Do you think he goes obviously I would have thought he'd be looking towards Chariots of Fire as the ultimate aim surely Yeah so Bonanza next start and then straight up to Sydney I'd say that it will be the go yeah, there's a couple of leading races. I can't think of what they're called. Is the Paleface Adios and something else into the Chariots of Fire? You have yes. to qualify for it. So, yeah. uh, or the Bonanza gets you straight in. Yeah, the Bonanza is part of those qualification. Is part of that qualification process, and obviously Catalpa Rescue will play the same game. I would have thought. But of the two, who would you rather be on, Dangerous or Catalpa Rescue? Uh, if he scores up, probably Dangerous. Yeah, I, I would have thought so. Yeah, he's. Um, it's just something about him. He's uh, He's got a little bit of X factor, and I think you're right about catch a wave. I did think the same thing myself. He's got a bit of catch a wave about him at the moment. So, And he's still a stallion. So, Well, it says he's a, he says he's a stallion. That's not always 100% correct, but it <laughs> says he's a still a stallion. Uh, I'm pretty sure he is. No, no little black bookers here? Uh, no, not out of race one. Uh, nothing nothing uh, taking my fancy. Sorry, Tobes. Yeah, that's okay. I thought Millennium... It's actually a very light night on uh, Black Bookers, too. I thought Millennium went pretty well. He pulled hard in the score up, and then he was over racing throughout the race. And the one on his back, Heavenly Charm, went pretty well first up as well. I would have given a little tick for Heavenly Charm. I reckon Snooze would have been happy with Heavenly Charm, and I think we'll see better from Heavenly Charm as Snooze's horses generally work into a campaign. It was the other one for me that I put down. 
Well, she is in the little black book, Heavenly Charm. Already. So, uh, yeah, yeah she, she's already in there. She, she just done such an amazing job last prep. So she stays in. So there's no worries that way. She'll certainly get better with a little bit of racing. Um, look, Millennium, I mean, I know he pulled a little bit, but still, they, they got well beaten. Cosimo beat him by seven metres. Um, you know, I, I don't mm. know if he'd be... I wouldn't be laying into him next start, put it that way. Yeah, fair enough. Race two was the Lifestyle Communities Trot. On the inside, Kai Valley Hotspur, and then came Chinese Whisper. Kai Valley, yeah, the favourite. Kiyang Chucky's a fair way off them. Three wide, becoming the widest. Off the back, 28-5 for the third quarter. And the leader into the straight, naked ambition, tackled by Hot to Trot. Chinese Whisper and Kiyang Chucky are coming home hard. It's Hot to Trot in front. Kiyang Chucky, though, over the top. Kiyang Chucky hit the lead. Elderbear and Dino runs on well out wider as well. Kicking on is Kai Valley Hotspur, but Kiyang Chucky won it. Much better run from Elderbear and Dino. It was charging home in the photo with Kai Valley Hotspur for second and then hot to trot Chinese whisper. Key Yang Chucky winning the lifestyle communities trot, beating Elder Baron Dino and Kai Valley Hotspur. And I would do work pretty consistently to my lead rates. That first race I didn't mention was 29, the lead rate, which wasn't anything overly impressive really for that class of horse. And this wasn't that hard either. 29.7 was that lead rate for the trotters of this level. It's not huge. They did keep running though, 30.5, 30.2. And Keying Chucky, I just, just felt like he was never going to win the race. Uh, and I wondered, Steve, how important it was that he flushed out that uh, Chinese whisper in front of him at about the 600 metre mark just to give him that cover and that suck into the race. Uh, yeah, it was sort of good, but sort of bad, I suppose, in mm. a way, because he really didn't get the, the trail in that he was hoping for. Um, you know, the hot to trot then came out in front of Chinese Whisper on the corner, and that's when he had to peel out four wide. He sort of was hoping that they would uh, drag him into a little bit better than what they did, but... Gee, when he peeled him out at the top of the straight, hasn't this bloke got a sprint on him? Mm. He absolutely went whoosh. He was six wide and just balanced up and, and won very, very nicely. Jason Lee said that they are now looking to the great Southern star with this bloke. So uh, it'd be interesting to see how he handles that step up in class. It certainly is going to be a step up, but this little bloke, he has got plenty of ability. And sometimes when you do throw him in the deep end against those uh, better horses, it can uh, really make him. And, uh, you know, sometimes it breaks them. But I think if they've got ability like this horse has and Kiang Ignite has and that, when you throw them into those deep ends, they, they tend to swim and get a lot stronger from it. So uh, I don't think it's a bad move by uh, Paddy to put this one in the Great Southern State. Uh, Baron Dino was really great to see him get back uh, to some of his better form. He's been sort of lost his last few runs. He just, you know, we haven't been able to see anything like the old Aldebaran Dino. But this week he got home very good uh, up the straight. I, I nearly, he was in our black book and then he, um, he went out when he disappeared off the scene for some time and. I was tempted to put him in, but I want to see him do it again. He's got to get back into regular form. He'll probably come out and win next start on that run. But, uh, you know, he was 100 to 1 for a reason. And uh, I just want to see him do it again and say, hey, I'm back. Because we know how much ability he's got when he is at his best. I just want to see him just show it all again. Kai Valley Hotspur was good. Leaders back uh, was sitting there waiting for the sprint lane to come up. And luckily, Kiang Chucky, you know, Jason said he was pretty mindful that he had to get going before. Puffer could get up the sprint lane and uh, maybe get a break on him. So it was a good run after being held up. Hot to trot, had a nice sit throughout the run, came out at the 
you know, halfway around the corner at a pivotal part, got clear running and uh, only got beaten 3.1 metres. And Chinese Whisper, who was really struggling on that corner when they mm. were sprinting hard and then Hot to Trot came out, it battled again in the straight. So it's got home to only be beaten by 6.2 metres and, and wasn't a bad run there at all. But uh, just a bit of a, a funny character, Chinese Whisper. When he's good, he's very good. And when he's not, he's, he's pretty plain. So, uh, you know, we'll keep following him. He's in the black book. So, uh, yeah, he'll stay there. But um, look, Kiang Chucky, I'm not going to put him in the black book because I know what he's got coming up, you know, in front of him now yeah, with a yeah. little, with a great sudden start. If they were dodging that race, I would have black booked him for sure. But I don't want to just have him go in there and then be a black book runner, just you know, filling up numbers. We try to protect the black book a little bit. Um, so yeah, as much as he would go straight in off that run, we're actually going to leave him out for now, just because he is going to be taking on, you know, just believe. Queen of Lighter, those horses. So it's a massive, massive step up in class. He looked like Chinese Whisper when Hot to Trot pulled out. He sort of spat the dummy out a little bit and he lost his bat when he lost his balance or something and he just never really got balanced right back up again. That's how it looked to me. And I would have thought. Yeah, he... then he come again in the straight. Yeah, I know. Like once he finally sort of got balanced again. I reckon mm. his, his mum would have picked that dummy up a few times when he was, he, when he was young, <laughs> Chinese Whisper. Something <laughs> tough. What do you so. reckon? He's just that. <laughs> with all due respect to him, and uh, he's just that sort of horse for some reason. And Elder Baron Dino, he's a curious character, isn't he? He went around last year in the Doard Cup and ran sixth, and you know, he beat three home in that race. He was thrown in the deep end at that stage. He had. Three runs in July and didn't seem right. Then he had two in November and a couple of weeks off. Then he had a one early December and then it was another 21 days till he raced again late in December. And then it was another 27 days in between that Bendigo run or 28 days between that Bendigo run and the Melton run. So obviously something has not been quite right with him behind the scenes. And I'd say he's back to his best and about where he was 12 months ago off the back of that run and... I wouldn't be surprised. He did get thrown into the Great Southern Star last year if he's nominated for the Great Southern Star. But at the moment, I think there might be about 40 nominations. So I don't know how we're going to get them into two fields. And I'll touch on that a bit more later in the show as I have been texting with someone who's going to throw their horse in for a nomination, which is interesting as well. Uh, We won't. Yeah, go. No, no, no. I was just going to say, Elder Baron Dino, I think uh, the best move with him, I didn't get to speak to Chris to find out what has been happening with mm. him, but I hope they protect him a little bit now and just get that confidence back up because if he gets back to his best, they're going to have a lot of fun with him again. Yeah, because he was trending really well this time 12 months ago, wasn't he? He just looked yeah. like he was going to be a really measure up to that top range somewhere in that sort of fourth to tenth bracket, if that made sense. But he's been a bit off that. A few other good little runs back in the field that people would have been happy with, like in anywhere Hugo was only beaten 10 metres, sort of a tradesman-like effort, I thought. Um, Hot to trot went okay, made a couple of efforts during the run. I think Anthony Butt would have been happy with him. Yeah, I think uh, anything back to uh, sort of maybe seventh would be happy. Mm. Um, Tipsy Turvy sort of didn't really do much, um, getting beaten 24 and a half metres. And Ebony's Avenger and Naked Ambition were very, um, yeah, very poor, I thought, uh, getting well, well beaten. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the 11.30 news. We'll come back the other side, 11.30, and we'll recap the Catanar Jewels Mercury 82nd eight. 
perspective. And it's Aussie Battler two metres in front. The sprinter's on now from Slight Terror. Delvey Robbins out wider. Then came Let's Rock, Let's Roll. Uh, Jollibee Kung Fu wider to the inside. Our Cheeky Devil. It's Aussie Punter. Delvey Robin going up. Let's Rock, Let's Roll over the top as well. It's Delvey Robin. Let's Rock, Let's Roll is cutting it down. Let's Rock, Let's Roll will win it. Let's Rock, Let's Roll beat Delvey Robin. Jollibee Kung Fu doing its best work late. Let's Rock, Let's Roll. There was such a range of different circumstances throughout the night. A four-year-old dangerous emerging. Uh, let's Rock, Let's Roll. A 10-year-old over a 1,200-metre race. A couple of horses reaching a million dollars. A mare with what ultimately be her last start. And then all the way to the bottom where you've got a pacing Brett Trotter winning. It was, it was such a range of different things on the night. And Let's Rock, Let's Roll. Beating Delvey Robin and Jullaby Kung Fu. And it looked like once Ryan Sanderson was ahead of Jullaby Kung Fu at the start, it was like... He had the race within his control and he, he flushed out Delvey Robin and from there he was just able to outsprint Delvey Robin and have too much of an advantage on Jillaby Kung Fu. It was a perfect little drive actually by Ryan, if you ask me, Steve. Yeah, no, it certainly was. And uh, interesting 1,200-metre race, this one. When they go this slow, it generally yeah. doesn't suit the swoopers. But I suppose class prevailed uh, this time around. With the, the first split was 28-1, then 29-9, which would have to be one of the slowest second splits in the 1,200-metre races I've seen. And then home in 26-5. To give you a little breakdown, Let's Rock, Let's Roll ran his last quarter in 25.96. Jellaby Kung Fu, the quickest last individual quarter, 25.93. So, uh, terrific run by the top three horses. Aussie Battler had every possible chance to get to the front pretty easily and then dictate terms as he did to uh, to not be able to hold on, I suppose, just shows he's not quite where he used to be. Sly Terror, you know, he was okay. Um, again, going so slow up in the death seat sort of really should have suited him better. And then now Cheeky Devil and Blaster Ranger were certainly just outclassed. But the winner was just too good. That was win number 20 for Let's Rock, Let's Roll. And take took his uh, prize money to literally a few hundred dollars short of $200,000. So he's been a fantastic little pony and uh, you wouldn't mind having half a dozen of him in the stable, that's for sure, Toby. Yeah, and a very special horse to Marilyn Dixon as well as it uh, it always honours uh, her husband who passed away, I think in a car accident about or six or seven years ago. So no doubt pretty emotional every time this horse wins and I know he means so much to David Aiken for that reason as well. Let's get to, I should really know those things for a say on if actually shouldn't I? But um, <laughs> the main point of it is made. Uh, yeah, race four was the VL Dullard Trotters Cup and it was just believe. Lighter trying to push the champ. M third Olavici from Mafasa Metro. Into the straight they come though, and it's Just Believe going for the million dollar mark. He's two metres in front of the Queen. It's Just Believe in front though. Just Believe it's the King from the Queen. Just Believe is a million dollar man. Just Believe beat Queen Alida. Third Mafasa Metro. Just Believe winning the Doard Trotters Cup. The bit of it. VL Doard Trotters Cup. He was very good, Steve, but he probably should have done what he did, if that makes sense. Olavici and Mufasa Metro did a little bit of work. He ranges up. He rolls to the front. 31-7-33-4 off the back of a 29-1 lead rate. So they hadn't gone hard. Dashing home in 26.8. 
he did what he should have done, and he won the race. I thought Queen Elida was really good in second. I thought Mufasa Metro was really good in third. And I don't think Chris Lang would have been disappointed with Olavici either. So the four of those go in to next week's uh, Great Southern Star, I'd say, with a little tick from for, from each one. Yeah, I spoke to all of those uh, trainers mm-hmm. after the race. They were all very happy. So uh, going forward, they're certainly happy with exactly where they are. Now, just believe he did that in second gear. Greg Sugars did not move an absolute muscle. He was just sitting there like a statue. And uh, as I spoke to him coming back with the uh, interview, I said to him he wasn't going to run him this week. He was going to run him just straight to the Great Southern Star after his Ballarat win. And he said he just came through that run so well he wanted to give him another run because he... He backs up so well from racing. And I said, well, if you're going to go in a race that you did not have planned to run in, that was the perfect run race for him. You yeah, know, as I true. said, those sectionals of 31, 65, 33, 42. And he said, yeah, he probably would have worked harder at home. So, you know, he, he just went there, did what he had to do. And he's just such a, an unbelievable animal. Like he, he looked like Queen Elida was getting close to him, but seriously, he's just so relaxed. And he, he would have just opened up if Greg said, hey, come on, boy, let's let's go. And that's even when they're running, you know, such quick times. And Queen Elida, well, poor girl, she's she's got to get a barrier draw soon. Surely, because she keeps drawing outside the front row or outside, just believe. And the times that she's running, um, she went 28-8 down the back, just believe, went 29-5. She got home in 26-73, ran her last half in 55-5. So she did the same times at Ballarat as well running home in uh, 155 and 55. So her times are absolutely sensational. She's just having to come from so far behind and to still get so close uh, and, and do what she's doing. She is going fantastic. So she wouldn't be a surprise to, um, you know, if she drew the inside of Just Believe and was sitting on his back and not giving him three or four lengths head start. I, I don't know that she could beat him, but I think she'd certainly make him know that she was there and she'd test him right out the way she's going at the moment. But uh, just believe, million-dollar earner now. Greg was uh, very excited about that. It was terrific to see him crack the million dollars, which is brilliant for the trotting gate as well, to have another million-dollar runner going around to show that there is plenty of good money out there for the trotters. Queen Elida, we just spoke about. Mufasa Metro. Ever Justice was a little bit disappointed in the drive afterwards when I spoke to her. She said she only wanted to hand up to Just Believe. And nah, I said to her, I said, to, but yeah. you've done, yeah, I said, you've done the right thing. I said, if you had have kept going to war with Olavici, I said, you wouldn't have flashed home, got that horse's confidence up and ran a nice third. I said, now you beat Olavici home. I said, you were never going to beat Just Believe. So I said, you've hit the line. Your horse has come home in fuller confidence. I said, don't belt yourself up. I said, that was actually a really good drive. So uh, hopefully that helped us sort of walk away looking at it a little bit differently. Uh, but yeah, he certainly looked a bit better by doing that, whereas at Ballarat, trying to hold Just Believe out and run track record time, he just wilted in the straight and, and just proves that uh, Just Believe is head and shoulders above him. So now you've got to work out a, how you can beat him if you can, or if not, how to get the closest you can to him. He moves over the million in his 10th highest prize money earner in Australasia. And staggeringly, Steve, the nine above him were bred in New Zealand, which is one thing. But you've got to go all the way down a scotch notch. Is the second highest prize money earner of an Australian bred trotter, would you believe? Wow, that's unreal, isn't it? It doesn't surprise me because the, yeah, know, the New but... Zealand trotters just dominated for a long, long time. Yeah, I know, but you sort of don't think of it like that. Then Night Pistol third, Tough Monarch fourth of Australian bred trotters. So 
I don't know if you'll ever get a Lyle Creek 2.2 million, but uh, I can do's at 1.377. Uh, I would say he's in just believe sight. So uh, he's just now Tornado Valley's next at a million and 33. So uh, he could easily sweep past a number of these on the weekend if he clean sweeped a great Southern star, which is not that easy a thing to do. So uh, he did do it last year. He, well, he won the final last year. He won the final. Yeah. Don't think he won the heat, did he, from memory? Uh, no, I think he ran second in the heat to Omri Jet by memory. Is that right? Yeah. He ran second. It's on Plymouth Chubb. Plymouth Chubb. Plymouth Chubb. Plymouth Chubb. Plymouth Chubb. Yeah, there That's we go. That's right. He ran. I knew he ran second. Yeah. And the year before, uh, was he even in it the year before? No, he wasn't because no. he hadn't uh, yet joined the uh, Greg Sugars and Jess Tubbs team. He was. Uh, he'd run in the Inter Dominion and had had a bit of a rest after that and came back first up in the Night Pistol in Feb 20. So he just missed it last year off the back of the Inter Dominion. And we've mentioned that a few times. That's how Mick Hughes always looked after the horse. Let's clear a commitment. We'll come back and we'll uh, review the Allied Express Casey Classic. Nine for the third quarter and bulletproof boy led better eclipse got out off the pegs don't stop dreaming's going with him and the two favorites sweep to the lead it's don't stop dreaming and better eclipse kicking back better eclipse and don't stop dreaming it's better eclipse in front he chases the million dollars and he got it better eclipse on it better eclipse and those to don't better stop eclipse dreaming winning the allied express casey Vincent classic beating don't stop dreaming triple eight bulletproof boy who was good in to fourth spot. Lead rate here was 27.9, which is sharp, but not ridiculous for this class. And Jeezy went good, better eclipse. And Steve, I uh, nearly reached into the TV and grabbed Greg Sugars and shook him uh, when he said this horse is a little bit underrated. He, now, <laughs> I, do I need to remind hey, no, 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 you, Greg? No, 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 he didn't say that. <laughs> what did he, he say? He, he said he, flew, he flies under, under the radar. Well, yeah. nah, do I need to take Greg back? <laughs> do I need? Do we need to go <laughs> now, down? Now, Toby, we've, we've already had one four-minute <laughs> section of um, a bit of self-promotion. Is this going to be another one? Uh, 22nd of August, 2021, he ran fourth at Cranbourne and off the back of that, he went to Bendigo on the 28th of August. And I was on air with a gentleman by the name of Jason Bonington and could bust his door down in a minute. And say, and he, he's already on his way. He's, he, I said, I reckon he's good this horse, better eclipse. And he said, better than Pat's Beach Storm. I said, yes. Better than Desi G. I said, yes. Better than Julby Fernando. I said, yes. Better than one too many. I said, yes. There's actually a horse was in that race, Swayze, would you believe? Who wouldn't have got a mention, who ran ninth. And uh, Jason said I was out of my freaking mind. And ever since that day, it's been a bit of fun, really, and enjoyed his journey. You know, he was like the third highest prize money earner in in Australia two years ago, 16th last year. And he's just been a really good horse that's probably never done anything exceptional but when he gets the right draw and he gets the right run he performs pretty much every time as you would expect if that makes sense Steve. Yeah look I think the Inner Dominion series sort of helped him grow up from a boy to a man you know he's mm. he's been very good and and you know he mixed it with the big guns and maybe not looked quite 
quite up to him, but that Inner Dominion series, he just seemed to take another step and, and really turn the corner. And I said it to Greg when he got back, and I, I mentioned again the other night, that it just seemed to be the race that, you know, the, the series that has made him really grow up. And I think you'll see him, uh, like he did uh, Saturday night, I think you'll see him an even better and bigger, better eclipse now than what we've seen in the past. And that sounds really funny when you talk about a horse that's won a million dollars, but I do think that he will be even better, you know, going forward than what he has been so far. But um, i tell you what, the drive, he, he had to measure that early burn perfectly, Greg, because... You saw what he did in the Vic Cup when he burnt early and he just struggled with those horses. And then, mm. uh, you know, he, he could have gone another 50, 100 metres and, and maybe that would have cost him the race, but he's measured that perfectly. And when he got off the fence, literally the, the, the two horses, Sulkies, came stay to stay when, when Greg got out underneath Mark Purden. And if he had got out two strides later and Mark Stay was in front of Greg's, then he may have been in a lot of trouble if you watch the head on. They literally were pushing each other off the track to try to get that clear running at the top of the straight, and uh, he was able to balance up and and only hold the winner, uh, the second horse off by a short half head. Like the last few strides, don't stop dreaming. Really dug deep. Uh, Mark sort of, I suppose, thought he'd, he'd had his run come to an end but you know when he sort of actually stopped driving him he he seemed to improve again so don't stop dreaming is going to take a lot out of that race hadn't raced since december and uh mark said he pulled up and i, I saw him come back from the wash and he was he was blown blown up over the back so he's still a bit fat so as good a run as what that was there saturday night don't stop dreaming will be even better coming off that run little triple eight loves that tuck, tucked away up the sprint lane kind of run Dashed home for third. Bulletproof boy. Look, he'd done a great job. He, he probably got pushed a little bit harder than he wanted to from Hurricane Harley early. Uh, but he still went, you know, quite nice out in front. And a big tick, I think, to the outclassed horses. Our Vincent can go arg and he's Charlie's angel. I mean, they've only been beaten 11, 13 and 16 metres. And I thought all three of them went quite well. Um, you yep. know, and as I said, when I say outclassed, you know, they're not not yet getting to that stage of better eclipse and, and those horses. So, uh, you know, you wouldn't have... If you set a market up early, you probably wouldn't have thought they'd be uh, getting beaten 11 metres. You'd be probably making a longer margin than that. So I think it was just tick, tick, tick all the way through. And Hurricane Harley's pulled up with an issue. I'm not sure what that issue is, but uh, he came off the track pretty quick after the race. He, he had a little something at Shepparton as well, I reckon. So yeah. I'm not surprised. They're managing something with him. So, um, yeah, anyway, he hopefully he's all okay. I just... The tubs t- training, right? Like, say a horse like, like Captain, you'd say he's ultra consistent. I would anyway, and he regularly seems to produce his best. Triple Eight's ultra consistent, just believes ultra consistent, better eclipses ultra consistent. They're getting some longevity out of their horses. I can't think of any that aren't, if that makes sense. They seem to get horses to a level and can hold them there for a long period of time. Yeah, definitely. And they do train a little bit different to the old fashioned style of training. I know they work lots of straight track heats, you know, they, um, yeah, they yeah. might work eight or 10 different trips, which is um, a very different, you know, I suppose, new modern way of training and whatnot. So they're, they're happy to try different things. And uh, their, their system that they got in work at the moment seems to be, you know, paying dividends. Yeah, one overall is another one that comes to mind. Like they just keep producing their best over a long period of time. And that ain't easy to do, it seems to me, from a distance, Steve. And, well, you're a trainer. You know how hard it is to do that with just one or two horses to get them to keep producing their best, let alone, like, so many. 
Yeah, correct. And keeping them all together, you know. I mean, when yeah. they do race at the top level for a long time, you know, quite often niggling injuries can happen. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, as they start getting older, those injuries happen a lot, I suppose, easier because the the old joints like you and I, it wears out a little bit and the horses probably wake up feeling a bit like we do when we get out of bed in the morning a bit sore and, and whatnot. But they uh, they tend to be holding together really well. I mean, look at Triple Eight. He's just been running around at this level for, mean, yeah. for some time now. And uh, I, I, I'm... I'm only guessing, but I reckon if you went and had a look at his legs, that'd be absolutely perfect because he never seems to miss a beat. Yeah, true. Let's uh, clear our final commitment for the hour and big second hour still to come. We'll continue our review from Saturday night, including the feature race, the Ladyship Cup, the VHRC Caduceus Three-Year-Old Classic, the Breakthrough Final, and the Trotting Mare Sprint. Water. And Cypher's within a head now of Rikiro Rebel. Jillaby Willow's right there, third about the pounce, and then Rosarito miss into the straight. It's still Rikiro Rebel in front from Incipher. Jillaby Willow three metres away. Rikiro Rebel just in front of Incipher. It's still Rikiro Rebel inside for getting close, Jellyby Willow flying at them. In Cipher, hit the front. In Cipher, in Cipher's just wanted in a great. I don't know what that music's all about on the replay. It's just there, so we can't do anything about it. The Elabar Bloodstock Ladyship Cup won by In Cipher in what has probably become a bit of a bittersweet moment for Tyson Linky who uh, bred this horse, raced her. He realised as a young horse he had something that was a little bit special and he decided to make a phone call nervously to uh, Clayton and Emma and they agreed to take her on and look at the result. She finishes with $1.6 million in prize money and uh, to put that in perspective, that's basically Lock and Var Art won one point six eight. Ilva Colo, 1.58. Lumbo Pocket Watch, 1.52. Uh, there's some pretty good company around that level. I know she won the Eureka, but still, she was an outstanding filly as a two- and three-year-old. And she was shaping as a great mare. And without ladies in red around, she had more riches to go for, I would have thought. And she won on Saturday night the Ladyship Cup again. Lead rate wasn't that fast. 29.3 to the 1,200 metre mark for that first 520 metres. It calculates out to a 29.3 rate. So not super fast. And she did a little bit in that early section. It was a great bit of driving by Jason Lee to get around to the chair and then hand up, which meant he was close enough at the finish to with that barnstorming run. And isn't Norm's lady a consistent mare in the fourth spot? She, she ran a, a really good race running home in between them into fourth spot, Steve. Yeah, no, what a terrific race. This mare is just all heart. She uh, she really put it out and uh, gave it everything she's got. And uh, unfortunately, she has suffered a fractured leg uh, from the run. And uh, she, you could just notice a little bit of lameness as she was walking back to scale. And I looked at Kate and she looked at me and I said, oh, that's not a good look. And she's like, yeah, she said, let's hope it's not too bad. But um, I think as she cooled down, it got uh, a fair bit worse. And they, they rushed her off to the to the veterinary clinic and it was operated on very uh, quickly and by all reports that I've heard this morning and I don't have it first hand only second hand but it sounds like the operation went really well and uh, fingers crossed that she can uh, recover from it and uh, she can make her way to the broodmare barn because what a sensational mare she's been and and even if you forget about the dollars that she's won because of that rich race series just other than that that the races that she's won and how she does it she is absolutely amazing if she can become a great mum for Tyson, 
It'd be fantastic because I can tell you now, he bred her and the ma- the mare, our Cavort. I'll spit that out. I'll try again. Our Cavort. It's had four foals. In Cypher being the first one, well, no, it didn't actually get four foals. It had four goes. The second one uh, was another filly who is deceased by betting line. Then the mare slipped to Captain Treacherous and then a no return to Captain Treacherous. So she's only been able to have one foal, and that is in Cypher. So, yeah, Tyson will be uh, crossing all of his fingers, toes, and everything else that she can uh, make a full recovery to at he, least become a broodmare. He's just sent me a text, actually, Tyson. She got through the surgery well, hopefully back at Emma's place tomorrow, barring setbacks. So that is... Beautiful. He sent that text literally at 12.06 or something. So There you go. Well, yeah. I'm still speaking. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. Uh, as I said, she's just such a beautiful man. She's got yeah. a massive heart. Her heart's as big as hers. She just tries her heart out. Um, you know, she's not big. She's not flash or anything like that. She's just a, a really, really good racehorse. And uh, look, fingers crossed that everything does go through really well for her because I'd love to see her producing some really nice babies in the future. But that win, taking forgetting about everything else that happened, was just an you know it was an outstanding win. Ricero Rebel had every possible chance to uh, hold her off, but the heart got her over the line. Twenty-seven eight third quarter, twenty-seven two last quarter. Dillaby Willow got within a head. That was a terrific run. After Jason Lee burnt her out off the gate last week, he said to me in the pre-race interview. That was just a shocker, absolute shocker of a drive. And uh, Jason, you know, he's straight up. He doesn't talk any bull. He he knew, you know, that he hadn't driven a how oh. we probably should have. And uh, he copped on the chin. He said, you'll see a much better run tonight. And that's what we were expecting with not burning early. And uh, he put her into the race at the perfect time because Encipher was just about to go when he got there. And uh, Kate had to wait those few extra strides. If uh, Encipher had gone a little bit earlier, she would have been further back and made it a lot harder for her. So perfect time in the run with Jason Lee. And she found the line brilliantly. Riquero Rebel first up was really brave. I mean, only got beaten half a neck. Norm's Lady... As we said, just so ultra consistent. She found the gaps, weaved her way through there and really hit the line strong. But let's just tick off, I reckon, first to eighth, we're going to have to give big ticks. Or even ninth, Kendi's Butterfly only got beaten 10 metres. We go back through them. Tango and Sierra was good. Tay-Tay burnt the gate early. She still only got beaten 6.8 metres. Nikki Nana found the line really strong. Rosarito Miss, 9.4 metres back. And then, yeah, Kendi's Butterfly, although running ninth, she's only got beaten 10.8 metres. So uh, there's quite a few horses there that when they just get back to their own grade will be winning races for sure. And just with the little black book here, Dame, uh, sorry, Toby, I'm used to saying Damo on here. Um, <laughs> That's okay. It, we didn't have, it didn't have in Cypher in, but then we've got second, third, fourth, fifth and seventh. So uh, we've got Riquero Rebel, Nikki Nana, Norm's Lady, Tango and Wissier and Jillaby Willow. And we've managed to run second, third, fourth, fifth, and seventh. So the little black book, although we didn't have the winner in Cypher, we the runners that we did have in there have just all done a massive job to fill the top five placings. Yeah, they certainly have. So uh, big fellas sent through that you can do it on uh, Sportsbet. You can bet fave out with Sportsbet. He said, have a look at Melton today, race one. Thank you, uh, big okay. fella. And you're able cool. to do it. So you are able to bet uh, with uh, that corporate provider, Sportsbet, in a fave out scenario. And a few people would say that uh, at one in the morning at the Wheat Sheaf Hotel, Jason Lee can uh, speak a little bit uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of... Um, he doesn't on the job, put it that way. 
So, uh, what, he's what, pretty good on the job. No, he certainly is. And yeah. uh, I'm only staring you, Jason, as he would well know. It. The VHRC <laughs> Caduceus three year old classic was taken out by Sergeant Lou. Off the back straight in 28-5 for the third quarter. And the leader is uh, Sergeant Lou. A metre away second is uniquely ideal called on and D-Row awaits the run. Into the straight, the leader Sergeant Lou got away on uniquely ideal. Coming through was D-Row. Then came the answer. It's Sergeant Lou in front from D-Row. See, Sergeant Lou's giving plenty, holding D-Row. And Sergeant Lou goes all the way. Sergeant Lou, a terrific all the way winner beat uh, second home D-Row and third the answer. Sergeant Lou, the VHRC Caduceus three-year-old classic winner. I think we've got a really nice cult here. I really do. D-Ray was terrific in second spot. The answer wasn't he outstanding in third spot. And I've got a couple of questions for you at the back of all this, Steve. And I think Komodo will get a tick as well. He's no superstar Komodo, but Aaron Dunn absolutely loves him. Uh, I don't think he's he, uh, Aaron said he's nowhere near the ability of a D row, not at this stage anyway. But he does love that little horse, and was always going to be a lot harder for Uniquely Ideal. I know she'd won those two races impressively, but it wasn't against anything like a Sergeant Lou or a D row. No, correct. And uh, Sergeant Lou, he showed at Shepherd, and his first up run was terrific. The times that he ran, he's a little bit green, but. I was talking to Rob on the coverage, and Rob being one of the owners and breeder of Sergeant Lou, uh, I said to him, because he was the first one in the parade room, we got to have a good chat with Mick Bellman and have a good look at the horse. And I said, I've never seen this horse look better. He, How he looked at Shepparton, I suppose he didn't really have a shine to his coat as much. He looked a little bit dull. Um, but that run must have done the world of good because he came out Saturday night and he was absolutely shining. His coat came through, he tucked up, he just looked an absolute million dollars. And, you know, I said he is ready to run the race of his life if he has to because uh, he just looks like, you know, he's just come to, to really do the job. And that's exactly what he did. He he ran a first a quick first quarter, 27-6. Uh, they, they tapped the brakes a little bit, but not much. 30.48 for the second quarter. 28-6, and then home in uh, 27-1, and it was a really nice win. He, As I said, he looks like he's he's going to be going through to the derbies now, so uh, good luck to Rob and, and Ribsy and all the rest of them there with uh, Sergeant Lou. He, he certainly looks like they're going to have some fun with him. D-Row had the perfect sit, but he just was never going to be able to beat him up the straight. He got within a metre, and, and the leader just seemed to kick again, and it just looked like they could have gone another 400 metres, and they probably finished in the same position. The answer was just an amazing run for a 100-to-1 horse. This horse has gone super. I know it was three pegs, and it hasn't had to do any work, but its sectionals were outstanding. It ran its last half 55.39. He actually ran the quickest first quarter by 0.01 of a second, but 27.64, 28.56 down the back, 26.81 home, quickest last mile in 153.48. So uh, the answer for Danny Curran, he's going to have some fun with this little horse for sure, and it just looks like it's just starting to really work out what racing's all about. Now, I've forgotten to go through my black book as that's what I've been chatting uh, Toby, but um, the answer certainly does go into the black book. The only other two horses that get a mention are Delvey Robin from race three and Dillaby Willow gets a refresh after that run. It's already in the black book, but it gets another three runs from that terrific run in the previous race. And the answer enters into the little black book off that run on Saturday night. Would, if Danny Curran said, should I go up and have a crack at the New South Wales Derby? What would your answer be? 
mate. You know, only three once. Yeah, correct. I think have a crack. I'd love to see him go up there. Hey, I'm, if, I'll, I'll have to get him on for a chat. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's at uh, Bruce Morgan's place where there's yes. a whole heap of talent there uh, behind the yep. scenes. So, And I reckon his son's doing a fair bit with this horse too. I've seen him at the trots a bit lately, so I wouldn't be surprised his son's getting involved too. Would D-Row have won if he'd had a lead and Sergeant Lou was on his back? I'm going to say no. You reckon Sergeant no. Lou runs him yep. down? Yeah, okay. I reckon Sergeant Lou would run him down. Very interesting. We'll never know the answer to that, of he course. He won't, correct. <laughs> <laughs> we could argue that all day long. <laughs> I would have thought those top four might all go to New South Wales for the derby. I think D-Row certainly, and I think Komodo might go as a travelling uh, dragon with him. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I mean, you sort of hope that uh, the answer and Komodo, you know, can get away with some really nice barrier draws or something where they can be tucked like that race there, through the pegs, for the pegs and, and just be dashing home. But uh, Sergeant Lou, D-Row, certainly uh, straight on the truck to go to the derbies because um, they've, they've got three-year-old classics written all over them. Uh, Darren Carroll's got back to me. The tab are starting to bet fave out as well and have been doing so for a few weeks, he is told. So uh, there we go. He's doing some uh, research behind the scenes. It's hard to talk and research at the same time. Let's clear a commitment. We'll come back. Two races left to go. Dunno doesn't win race eight, believe it or not, but I reckon Andy Gath actually trained Dunno for a short period of time. And that quartet got away. Coravelli starts struggling a bit, but still running on. And so what? Starting to make a big, long, sustained run. It'll be widest turning. Third quarter was 27-1. It's Dream May still kicking. Two metres, Springfield Affair. Then came Sanday coming at them now. Sanday moved after Dream Maze. Then so what? Late Sanday in front. So what? Springfield Affair. Sanday will win it. Sanday has won it from Springfield Affair. And so what? Sanday winning the Logical Staffing Solutions Breakthrough Final. I found this race terribly difficult going in, but I did have him in the quaddy, in my $14 quaddy, which gave it the value. Paid $234, so it was a pretty good result. If uh, you got the quaddy with Sanday in it, it certainly added that value to it. And he worked into a beautiful position at the start of the race, Sanday, followed through nicely. It must There was a little bit of dodging and weaving to get him into that spot, but... Once he was there and he was close enough, he was always going to be a great chance. The lead rate was 29 seconds, which is a little bit, was fast enough to take the edge off Dream May. She had to do all that work to get across to the front. And once she'd done that, she was a little bit vulnerable with, with so many good chances in the race. And uh, Springfield Affair was really good in a second spot. He led, handed up and used the sprint lane. He's, he's just a nice all Springfield Affair and has been for a long time. Uh, so interesting, he just seems to go best for Kevin Von Duvet for whatever reason. So what? Ran another really good race. Ideal Escape was okay. Coravelli Star was okay. He's nominated for the Hunter Cup, but I don't think he'd go that way, Steve. Yeah, it's... Uh... It was a great race, actually. A really terrific finish. Sanday was extremely good. Uh, Alex Ashford drove it an absolute treat. As you said, he weaved in passage early and got through into the running line. And then uh, he decided that as soon as uh, Catalpa Rescue started coming through wide, he whipped around to the death and then got the 1-1 again off Catalpa Rescue. And, yeah, he just found the line really well. He's been kicking the door down for a win yeah. this horse. And he just needs races that are run suit. And, and this was a perfect race. He lobbed nice and close and handy. He wasn't trying to come from last. And and rattle home which he's been doing of late 
and uh, he's just held on. As you said, Springfield Affair, he's done a great job, this horse. Um, he's a, actually a brother to old Springfield Tattoo that I had uh, a few years back. So he's, uh, he's, he's from and... the same family, doing a really good job. But so what was the run of the race? It was a mile back. Even at the top of the straight, she was an absolute mile back. And she's made up lengths coming into the finishing line. And uh, I was just trying to pick up her sectionals. Her last quarter, uh, her third quarter was 26.64. And then still reeled off a 27-4 last quarter, which quite often when they go 26 down the back, they, they really get a stitch on the way home. But uh, there was no slowing down, so what? She is absolutely flying. Um, she goes into our black book. Um, I think she was already in there. Let me just quickly double check. She wasn't. Uh, she was, she was. No, she wasn't. No, she, she was wasn't. out. She's been in there multiple times, yeah. but she was back out again now. <laughs> so she ducks back into there because she is just uh, in a rich vein of form. Um, Ideal Escape also come from well back. Valley Star was okay. Till Heaven's Rockin', Tiger Bandwagon. There was a big bunch of them going over the line, but uh, it was great to see Sande finally get a win because he has been uh, knocking on the door for that one for quite some time. You know where you beat the last time you won a race too, don't you? Uh, no. It was at Kilmore. Oh, that, that was Mirakuru's race. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> and that seems a long time ago now, doesn't it, when he last won a race. But he, but, yeah. he, but it all fell together in the right race for him, if that makes sense. I don't think he's won a race like a $40,000 race, so it was well-deserved for him. He's been a good – it's just such a good little horse for so many years. It has, and um, I think that race too, and I'm just going back through memory, that um, he might have been 1-1 in that race. Let me know. He actually went around to the death seat. There you go. I'm quickly flicking through the, um, oh, the replay Kilmore. as we go. Yeah, Kilmore. So he went around to the death seat, and he's held Mirakuru off by a head. Um, yeah, but he just it, it's just his races. When he can get up that forward position, um, it suits him a lot better than uh, when he's coming from well back and swooping home because you know how quick they get home these days. It makes it very hard to make up that ground from, from well back, which is why So What was so impressive, only beat, beat 1.5 metres. Race nine, the last, was the Halato Trotters Vicbred Platinum Trotten, Trotting Mare's Sprint Championship Final. So that Valley Honey Bunny runs on as well, and then came Jasper from well back. 28-9, third quarter. It's Perfidia Sue about five metres. Elderberry and Demi looming. Kai Valley Honey Bunny's coming into it as well, and then Barlini Jasper. It's Perfidia Sue into the straight five metres. Elderberry and Demi, whose run might have come to its end. Kai Valley Honey Bunny running on. It's Perfidia Sue clear. She's done all the work. What a brilliant performance. And Perfidia Sue is coming away. A soft win. Perfidia Sue defeats Kai Valley Honey Bunny and Elderberry Perf- Demi third. Perfidia Sue winning. She did all that work at the start of the race. Well, just allowed to balance up, rolled to the front. I think he was toying with him, David Murphy. He let Elderberry Demi run up, but he knew he, what he had left. Kai Valley Honey Bunny uh, getting up into second spot over Elderberry Demi and Jazz Spur. And well, Steve, before uh, we talk about this race further, I looked at the time. 156.7 is really good going. The lead rate was 29.9, so under 30, and then 28.7, like, And that not far off, great southern star speed. Like, uh, rules don't apply went slower when he won a heat in 157.4. Last year's heat were, heats were in 156 and 155.2. I sent uh, Murph a text and said, you wouldn't think about 
throwing Perfidia Sue into a great Southern star, would you? And he said, I certainly will, and I'll make him earn it, he reckons. So <laughs> there you uh, go. uh, you've got the noms there in front of you. Has he got Perfidia Sue in, in nominated for a great Southern star? Uh, let me quickly have a look. So if we go down, that's a pure steel and great she- Southern star heats. Here we go. It is coming up now. We have RC Phoenix, Call Me The Breeze, He's On Muscle, Hot To Trot, Omri Jet, Just Believe, Kiang Chucky, Kiang Ignite, Macho Mary, Majestuoso Mary, Franklin, Mufasa Metro, Olavici, Perfidious Sue and Queen Alita. Yeah, well, there you go. She is in. 156.7. She drew, like she's come from the outside of the front. She's obviously going to go a bit quicker I'd love to see her on the pegs just chasing speed and see where she's at and what she can do, and I think that's probably what Murph is thinking as well. Yeah, 15 nominations so far for the Great Southern Star. 15, is that all? I had, a, I yep. had a 40 earlier in the show, so they're all going to get a run. <laughs> yep, they're all going to get a run, and, uh, yeah, it'll be two heats and and then uh, into the final a couple of hours later. Well, if it's only 15, he, there's 10 get in the final, so he's only got to beat five of them home, and she could be in a great Southern Star final for Fidia Sue. So off the back of that, are we? Are we? Am I talking nonsense, or what? Are, were you ultra impressed with it? Uh, I was impressed, but I I wouldn't like to see her coming up against Just Believe and Queen Elida. I don't think she would. Um... Hold a candle to him, to be honest, and not knocking her one little bit, but she's a long way off uh, where they're at. And, and even just the um, the pressure of that race will sort of probably test her out. And look, I'm happy for Murph to prove me absolutely wrong. She's uh, she's a bit highly strung. She's a, she's a pacing bred trotter. She was a little bit toey after the race and whatnot, but Murph really likes her. He was really confident. He drove her the same way in the heat as what he did the final and I said to him, I said, gee, you're jogging down the back straight? And he said, yeah, she was just absolutely walking and he said she goes better on the fence than she does out wide so he said I was happy just to give her a head and let her run to make sure I got to the to the pegs around the home corner and in the home straight, yeah, if they had kept coming at him, he would have just given her another tap on the bum and she, she would extend again. So, um, look, good luck to him being in it. You know, he could pick up some really nice money running, yeah. uh, you know, if he does get in the final and runs, you know, sixth or seventh or fifth or fourth, who knows where it could run. Um, it could prove me wrong. But, you know, on on form, I, I don't think should be um, sort of worrying those sort of horses. There's, there's a fair bit of difference in times are one thing. But um, class is another, and uh, you know, you, you see two-year-olds out there that are running quicker than free-for-all horses. But I tell you now, you put them in the same race, and the free-for-all will belt the two-year-old up every day of the week, and that's just because of strength and and pressure and whatnot. So it's all right to sort of look at the times and say, on time you would go this way, but the way the races are run and the pressure that's put on them, it's uh, it's two different styles. Yeah, if she draws seven in a heat, she certainly can't try and replicate what she did, but. <laughs> She can get to the pegs cheaply. I think you'll be surprised. I reckon she'll only be, you know, within 10 metres of them and could scrape through. Yeah, look, as I said, you never know. If you get the right barrier drawer and um, you get the right sucker along, well, you know, she certainly could get through to a final, but uh, I, I wouldn't be putting my heart on it. No, no, I wouldn't be backing her to do it or anything. I just like uh, seeing horses like that have a crack. Let's clear, clear the 12.30 news. We'll come back and we'll turn our attention to Wedderburn, the Cups yesterday. Uh, it was Wedderburn at Maryborough. We'll turn our attention to those. Pull me out of this. It's now time for Steve Cleave's Big Heave. 
you are right, Toby. Uh, these are the races that we do have to heave to because uh, this is what it's all about. These are our biggest of big races and uh, we're getting coverage on racing.com and channel 772, so free-to-air coverage as well, which is fantastic that we can take. Our best races of the night, Hunter Cup, Great Southern Star, and the list goes on. But, wow, what a field it's going to be with Leap to Fame coming down. There's 15 nominated at the moment, Toby. Um, yep. uh, sorry, 19 nominated at the moment. I've got the field down to 15, possibly 14, but to get it down to 12 is going to be uh, a little bit of a task. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, if we go through them, we've got Better Eclipse, Beyond Delight, Bulletproof Boy, Can't Find a Better Man, Catch a Wave, Coravelli Star, Curly James, See Ya Art, Don't Stop Dreaming, Hurricane Harley, whose nomination subject, I'd say due to a vet check. Kanina Provlima, Leap to Fame, Mac Dan, Max Delight, Pete Said So, Spirit of St. Louis, Tapo, Tim's a Trooper, and Triple Eight. Yeah, okay. So from the the list released last week, Serge Blanco is the only one to come out of there for obvious uh, reasons he didn't race on the weekend. So I've got... Eight pretty much certainty, Steve. Better Eclipse, Catch a Wave. Yep. Yep. Curly James, is he a certainty? Yep. I think so, off Shepherd and Cup. Don't Stop Dreaming, Kanina Provlima, Leap yep. the Fame, Mac Dan, and Spiritus St. Louis. Yep. Uh, I think they're all pretty much guaranteed. And then I, I sort of got another five written down here. Max Delight, Bulletproof Boy, CR, Beyond Delight, Can't Find a Better Man. But then Typo, of course, won at Menangle on Saturday, Saturday night. night. And yep. Pete Spirit of St. Louis. I don't think Tim's a trooper would get in. Dixon uh, wants him in. I don't think you could give him a run. Not off his I'd in, leave him out. Not off his Inter-Dominion campaign, no. I wouldn't have thought. Correct. Triple H just off them at this stage. Yep. Pete said so, didn't quite have the results. And I know he ran, what, uh, third or fourth in the Shepparton Cup. I just don't think he quite had the results. Uh, Hurricane Harley, I don't even think he'll end up uh, get, uh, staying as a nomination, potentially. Too yep. many question marks around him. Coravelli star, certainly not. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, I had Triple H, Tim's a trooper, Coravelli star, Hurricane Harley, Pete said so, out. Bulletproof boy right on the borderline. And hmm. talking to Scotty, I don't think he's really stressed if he doesn't get a run. So, you know, he, he's sort of happy if he goes around in the pure steel even. So, yeah, he, he wasn't real stressed Saturday night either way. Um, so that gets it down to sort of 14. Um, there's still two more to, to cut through. Um, yeah, so it's going to be an interesting field either way it goes. But, um, wow, what a night of racing it's going to be with the Great Southern Start. Two heats into the final and and then throw on that all the, the races around that. Uh, it's going to be a terrific night. Yeah, the, the Great Southern Star is the race, which if you're not familiar with it, is so unique, so different. And, and it's such a thrill throughout the entire night for owners and connections of the horses. So the heats and the final all run on the one night, which... Is something, you know, it just doesn't happen in, in any other form of racing, really, does it? So I don't think the Greyhounds do that, and I certainly know the, the Gallops don't do it. And it's the race that's so different. The barrier draw is connected to to it. It's done randomly, and you get to choose from... So they, they randomly draw a horse out, then they get to choose their barrier. So that adds, adds another element of intrigue to the event. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's very different, and I, I like the the setup. As you say, it's coming over from Europe where they do that a lot, and I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit more of that for the paces as well. You know, we have um, a couple for the low class paces. I think at Stall they've got one where they run the two heats and final. Yep. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing a you know a decent race for the paces as a two heat final in the one day because our horses seem to handle it so very well. You've only got to look at how well the trotters go in these heats and then back up in the final just a couple of hours later. It's a tremendous race series and they're racing for some fantastic money and we now have on board as SEN Track uh, sponsoring the AG Hunter Cup and Yabidam Farms, the great Southern star. So uh, awesome announcement there this week for the big sponsors for the biggest races. And the great Southern star going back to that, sorry, Steve, the first three get through in each heat and then it's the next fastest four horses. And I reckon the last two years, We've seen seven from one heat and three from the other heat. So that's how a horse like a perfidious who a horse might run a sixth or a seventh. I reckon it was Majestuoso last year, ran seventh, that gets through. Yeah, sneaks in and and it can. You can run last. Yep. Yeah, well, if there's. Yeah, if the heats are seven and eight, yeah, the, the whole field might get through from one of the races if they go significantly quicker. And that becomes pretty tactical. So if, say Just Believe is the second heat and leads, he's going to bank on the fact he's going to run top three. So the times are relevant to him. It's, they're intriguing races. There's so many things to factor in and so difficult. It's going to be great later in the week once we see the field. Yeah, no, it really will. There's a big build-up to it. Hopefully we can get some promos and advertising out there and get lots of eyes on either Racing.com or Channel 772 live on TV because, uh, yep, these are the races we want the public uh, viewing because it's our biggest and best and uh, we need them out there. And is it the, is that format, does that, you think, add a little bit of doubt to Just Believe just winning? I think it does. I think he's... If it was just a straight race, if that makes sense, just the one race, I think he'd be more of a chance than it being a heat and final on the same night Cause just because there's how many other factors yeah. to factor in. I don't think so. I think uh, even if they were going crazy, Greg uh, would do enough to make sure he qualifies and then come out and uh, concentrate on winning the final. Um, you know, the, the state money's good in the heats, but not as good as winning the final. So uh, I think if they did try to go crazy to to get that speed on the board and hope to, you know, set it up to get themselves through to the final. I don't think that would worry Greg one little bit. I, I don't think his heart rate would even raise a couple of beats, to tell you the truth. Yeah, fair enough. I just think there's just so many more elements he's got to pull up. You know, he's got to back up in a shorter amount of, in a short amount of time. I know they all have to, but it can, he, yeah. can affect he's different done it horses before. differently. Yeah. Yep, he ran second last year, came out, won the heat. He's gone to the end of Dominion twice now. He's he's won three times in a week and then backed up a week later to take out the final in our biggest races. So I struggle to see how he couldn't do it again this time. Oh, you certainly can. And I'll be, it'll be interesting to see what price would you have him then at this stage, knowing right now, $1.40? Yeah, at the longest. At the longest, yeah, okay. At so, the longest. And yeah. I'd be taking it too. Yeah, well, wow. <laughs> which are, oh, I just yeah, yeah. that yeah, if he draws six, seven, eight, nine, or ten, a dollar forty would be unders if you ask me. On the way Queen Elida went, uh, particularly on the weekend, if she drew a barrier as you said earlier, uh, things, things yeah. can change. That's the only time the odds would change would come barrier draw and uh, where Queen Elida draws compared to him in the final. That would be uh, the only way that you'd look at it differently. Call me the breeze is the other anomaly in all okay, that breeze. as well. Yeah. 
Yep, no worries. <laughs> it's yeah. sorry, I've been working with you way too long, yeah, Toby. Yeah, <laughs> that's some of my gear. That's okay. That's uh, more. If I can't accept that, there'd be something about uh, stones in glass houses. I reckon. I've, it, it, it's another factor in the race as well. The French horse will be interesting to see how it goes. So many things to look. Well, it's for. going to improve off that first up run at Ballarat, and yeah. it was a really nice run there. So uh, you can only expect lots of improvement coming out of that. So he's certainly an X factor that uh, we don't know enough about to be able to rule him out or put him on top but uh he's a bit of a watch and learn sort of horse isn't he couple more just from me before we go to a final break then we'll get a summary of the little black book congrats to baxter red and neil day winning the junior cup on saturday night at wagga franco novelist running sixth and jaws of lincoln who's got victorian connections won uh, a very, very impressively in Gloucester Park. If you missed it, go back and watch that replay. He booms home over the top of them in the $50,000 final over there. And uh, he, he only ran third in the heat, but, geez, he went well in the final, uh, Jaws of Lincoln. We might see some big things from him over the next uh, three or four months, maybe even the slot race over there beckons for a horse like Jaws of Lincoln. Final break, we'll clear that and we'll come back and we'll just get a summary of those little black book runners from Steve Cleave. The Little Black Book. Welcome back. Let's get a review of the Little Black Book, a summary of all the runners that are going in, Steve. Yes, so not a lot this week, uh, Toby. Race three, we've got Delvey Robin. Race six, Dillaby Willow gets a refresh after another terrific run. Race seven is the answer. And race eight, so what? So we have four Going in, well, three going in and one refresh for this week. And uh, again, another successful night, Saturday night, with three winners in a second. And uh, one of those winners paying out at $37 and $6.10 the place in Sanday. Have we got any over the next couple of days on there? No, nothing at the nothing. moment, actually. I just checked it a couple of minutes ago and it is blank. Oh, well, how's uh, the first at Melton was run earlier? And uh, have you seen the results at all, Steve? Uh, not yet, no, Toby. I uh, guess who would have trained the winner of the two-year-old race at Melton, do you reckon? Two-year-old. Uh, I don't even know who was in it, to uh, tell the truth. I'm going to say Damien Burns. <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> it's an early two-year-old. It's the first name that comes to mind. So uh, The horse's name was Hesitate, so he didn't do that either. Just straight away, bang. Yeah, he's a wonderful trainer of young horses, isn't he? So, uh, and good on him. The second race is not too far away Uh at one eleven, so Chris Alford, we're sort of on Chris alert, aren't we? He hasn't got the best book of drives today. He certainly could. Well, he be... won't win the second. No, well, yeah, that'll be. Well, we can't totally rule it out yet, but it's very doubtful. Uh, <laughs> he, it's just just doesn't look like a. He might get a winner, but he's don't think he'll get there today. He's only two wins off eight thousand for those that are playing along, and then. Uh, goes to Geelong on Wednesday night. He's only got a couple of drives Wednesday night as well. So uh, I reckon Kai Valley Paint can win today. So that could be one. That's yeah. in race six. And then, yeah. And he doesn't have a drive in race seven. 
Yeah, so maybe Geelong. There's a Dean Braun first starter at Geelong, so uh, and its name's about damn time. So well, there you go. There is your omen bet. He'll win on the trotter today. <laughs> yep. That'll take him up to seven triple nine, and about damn time you'll get the eight thousand. And for someone who he's had a lot of success with with Dean Braun, they've won quite a few cups and and big races. So that yeah. wouldn't be a, a bad way to do it. Uh, and if it's Dan Malecki at Geelong on Wednesday night, he he'll. <laughs> He'll be chalking the queue up before that race, I would have thought, just hoping that it plays out, that it is. Whoever it is, yeah, 100%. (laughs) Yeah, that it (laughs) is. They'll have some fun with that. and You couldn't uh, script it any better if it does work, I tell you. That is just absolute gold. <laughs> I've only just picked up on that. We'll have to get Dean, I'll have to get Dean brought on on Wednesday and we'll have a chat because uh, Sounds Alive, I reckon he had Sounds Alive, the mayor, did he? No, sounds he familiar. didn't, but it was a good little horse. Won, a, won eight races uh, by Live or Die. No, he didn't, Dean didn't have the mayor, but uh, anyway. Uh, we uh, go off on tangents, as we can do on this show. Steve, thank you very much, my friend. Uh, Another great show from you. Great work on Saturday night as well. Your interviews were absolutely outstanding. Uh, We will do it. We'll catch up again on Thursday when we have a look forward with a little black book. We certainly will, Toby. This time I won't be on the golf course, though. I'll be back in the office. So uh, I look forward to you chatting then, and uh, hopefully we have a good week leading up to it. Very good. Thank you, Steve. Steve Cleave joining us for the Metrospective Review. I'll be back tomorrow and we'll have our eye firmly focused on the Hunter Cup and the Great Southern Star Night on Saturday night. Have a great afternoon, everybody.